0: Did you know God's here today? Did you know that He's been with you all week long? Do you know that He's been with you in the the good times and the bad times? So, we're talking about the joy of His presence today. Say, joy. Joy. I mean, all week we've been talking about joy. Last week we talked about joy. Next week we're going to talk about joy because the joy of the Lord is what? It's our strength. And in him there's fullness of joy. So we wanna, I want to talk about the presence of the Lord. We talk about the presence of the Lord a lot, but not, we don't, I don't think we necessarily have a great understanding of the presence of the Lord because it takes on different aspects. You saw it in that video. You saw it in those words. Uh, he's here. He's, he's there at, at this time. Is he's there at the birth of your child, but is he there at the death of a loved one? Yes, he is. He's in all these things, and we, we like to separate him out and say, well, he's not here and he's not there because he's watching me, and if he's watching me, I'm not doing so good right now, so I just, I'm just i going to pretend he's not here, but he's always here, church. That, but there's a difference between the presence of God and getting into the presence of God. You, you see, we can cut him off. We can, we can push him away from our presence, and yet he's still there. He, you, you can't get rid of him. He's—he's—he's like—he's there all the time, but somehow in our humanity, in our finite minds, we think we can—we can, we can uh, separate ourselves from him. But you can't. But we do anyway, do it. We? we try, don't we? So this morning we're looking, at, you know, I, I saw that that last verse there. It said, then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I wasn't even aware of it. That's when the angels were coming up and descending and ascending from heaven. And you know, he had slept on the rock that night, and he woke up and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and he used that rock and he made an altar there to the Lord. But I want to tell you this morning, surely the Lord is in this place, and we are aware of it. Say, I'm aware that he's here. I'm aware, I'm aware that he's here. Psalm 1611, this is the the first verse that I looked up when I was looking at the presence of the Lord associated with joy. And this was King David. Go back if you had a chance and read the whole chapter, chapter 16. It's just not many verses, but it will bless you. But King David says of the Lord, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. Say that. In your presence is fullness of joy. Not just joy, but joy fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore did you know God wants you to have pleasures did you know that God loves you that gee he wants you to be full of joy all this of this this whole series has been about re-examining the fact that God is he, he wants us to obey and he wants us to walk in in goodness and kindness and he wants us to do all these things but he wants us to do everything that we do full of joy joy say joy now, remember, joy, the, the joy of the world is not the joy that Jesus gives us. Y'all understand that? The joy of the world is more like the word happy. It depends upon things happening good in your life, and then you're joyful or you're happy. The joy of the Lord is deep. It's rooted in the love of Christ. It's rooted in something way deeper. It's rooted in the peace of God. It's rooted in the foundation of love, and it's rooted in Christ. So when we have the joy of the Lord, it doesn't mean you're going to go around ha, ha, ha all the time. You're happy all the time. It doesn't mean that. It means that you have this deep-seated peace and joy and confidence in Jesus Christ that he's with you at all times. He's with you at all times. John, in John 15 11, go back and read John 15. I mean, it talks about the presence. It's about abiding. Jesus says this, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. That's Jesus. So we've got it coming from the Old Testament and the New Testament if you've got to have it on both. And a lot of people, well, if it's in the Old Testament, not the New Testament, I'm going to believe. It's in both. Jesus says, I want you to have my joy. It can't be your joy. It's got to be his joy that he gives to you. It's kind of like your righteousness is as filthy rags. But guess what he does? He gives you his righteousness, Connie. We are covered by his righteousness, and that's what gets us through, not our righteousness. It really just doesn't work in our flesh. And the same thing is for joy. Jesus said, I'm going to give you my joy. And he says, I want it to remain in you. Say, remain. That word to remain also means to abide. So he was talking about, he says, these things I've spoken to you. So what was he talking about? What are these things? They were centered around abiding in the love and the peace and the joy of the Lord. It was about abiding in his word, it was about walking in obedience. You know, in God's word, we find that God's presence is from, from Genesis to Revelation, right? Genesis to Revelation. He began his presence with Adam, and it went to Noah, and it went to, and it went to uh, Moses, and it went on for Abraham, and on and on and on. This thing is not staying on and on and on. Uh, it went from it went from all the uh, from all the patriarchs to God's presence. He would he would show up and he would bless them. He come to, he would come to them through angels. He would show up in the fire for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He showed up in the lions den for Daniel. And then it, then it kind of shifted when it got to the New Testament. When when there was a four 400 years of silence, and then God says, I'm I'm sending somebody else, I'm sending someone else, and he is going to be the presence from now on. And so he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, and that's what we're about to celebrate in two weeks from today, believe it or not. Two weeks from today, we're celebrating the birth of Christ. Now, we know that that was a day that was picked out, but he was probably in September, October. But it doesn't matter. What matters is that he was born, that he was sent, that he came for you and for me. And so he came to our presence in a different way. He came into humanity's presence in a different way when when Jesus came and was born in a stable, when he was born in a manger. And then the angels, listen, the angels rushed to be in his presence they wanted to be in his presence. The, the glory of the Lord, the angel showed up, and they said, There Unto you a child is born, unto you a son is given. This day in the city of David there is born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And they said, we got to go. we got to go find. we got to get into his presence. And they, they made haste. I don't know. I never did make haste before, but they made some haste, and they said, We've got the haste. We've got the haste. Let's go. And they made haste, and they went to the manger. They found the baby, and they worshiped the baby. And then you've got, the, you've got the, the wise men. I mean, they've been making plans. Some people think, think for years they're traveling, and months and months and months, and they're looking for the Christ child, and they want to get into his presence. And they want to bring gifts and bring in his presence. It was probably a year, two years later, says he was a child then. He, they went to a house, but they walked in, and they fell down. They worshiped him, and they got into his presence. But I want to tell you something about that. those times that the shepherds did leave. The wise men did go back to Persia. They went back home. Remember, remember when Jesus was taken to the temple to be dedicated. Remember that? And you had Simeon there, and he's been he's been the it's prophesied that he would see, he wouldn't die before he saw the Christ child. And he saw the Christ child, and he was like, whoa, I get to see, I've seen, I've been in his presence. And then you've got Anna, the prophetess who lived in the temple, waiting for this day and wanted to be in his presence. Guys, when is the last time you really wanted to get into his presence like that? That you were willing to lay everything aside and just wait on the Lord and say, I want to be in your presence. But the thing is, Simeon went back home, I'm sure. Anna finally said, Well, I can go home now because I've seen him, I've been in his presence. Listen, we have such an incredible advantage. Over those of the New Testament that saw Jesus in the flesh. I think about Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus, like, you know, I want to see Jesus. I think he's in the parade today. I think he's in the Christmas parade, you know. Zacchaeus says, How am I gonna see Jesus? I know I'll climb up in a tree. This is a tax collector, supposed to be a dignified man. He climbs up in a tree to see, to see Jesus, and Jesus sees him. Says, I'm coming to your house today. There was a woman who had an issue of blood. She said, if I can just get into his presence, I'll risk everything. I know I'm not even supposed to be in that crowd with an issue of blood. I'm not supposed to touch anybody, but I'm going to get into his presence. And she crawled into his presence. When's the last time you wanted to just crawl into his presence? That you were so desperate for him. The blind men standing on the side of the road. Jesus, Jesus. Maybe not Jesus, Jesus, I'm sorry. He said, son of David, son of David, have mercy on me. And the disciples said, be quiet, shut up. Listen, this is Jesus. He's important. And Jesus says, what does he want? He wants to be in your presence. So when he got in his presence, guess what? He was healed. Jesus said, what do you want to do? What what, what can I do for you? I just want to see. Just want to see. What do you want? What do you want from God today? What do you want from Jesus today? What do you want from Holy Spirit today? Are you desperate enough to say, whatever it is, I want to get into his presence? If being in his presence brings fullness of joy, shouldn't we want to get there? If being in his presence brings fullness of joy, shouldn't we want to stay there more than five minutes? Well, I've got a place I've got to be. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus, for that two seconds. God bless. That was it. Uh, I'm going to give him three minutes today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in his word today. I'm going to get in his presence. And, but I've got to go now, God. See you later. And we get into his presence. Some of you even this morning are like, when will this be over? Because I've been in his presence like an hour, <laughs> an hour and six minutes. And it shouldn't, isn't it time to go? <laughs> because most services I go to, they're over in an hour. I've been in his presence. I got what I need. I'm going, you know? <sighs> it's different for us, though, guys. Amen. And I'm so thankful it is. I, I got to looking at this, and I thought, how do we get in your presence? Well, the thing is, Jesus got into our presence first. Think about that. He came from heaven as a baby so he could get into your heart. He came from heaven to be, a, to be born of a virgin and, and to be slandered, to be spit on, to be crucified so he could get in our hearts. He wanted, uh, he was, his presence was so, he wanted his presence to be in us so much that he said, I will give up heaven to get down to earth to save the, mankind and I want to I get into their presence so they can get into mine. That's how it works. That's how it works, church. We, he gets into our presence, says he first loved us. Didn't, we didn't love him first, he first loved us. And he wanted to get in our presence. You know why? Because he wants to dwell in us. He wants to dwell in us. He wants to dwell in, to dwell in me. That means live. He wants to live in you. Say, you know, he not only wants to dwell and live in you, he wants to live through you. Say, he wants to live through me. Look at your neighbor and he wants to live through me. Yeah, but see, see church, it, it, it's not going to work unless we are willing to get into his presence. You know, if you've ever doubted God's desire to be one with you, well, let's just read John 17. Many people call this uh, Jesus' prayer. I call it the Lord's Prayer. The other other prayer, um, our Father who art in heaven, I call out the model prayer he was teaching. But this is Jesus' prayer. This is, this is John 17. He, he prays for himself. He prays for his disciples. And then he prays for you and me. And I know we use this scripture reference a lot. And it's because it's so incredibly beautiful. And it really touches your, I believe it'll touch your heart this morning. Because Jesus, this is what he said in John 17 verse 20. He says, I do not pray for these alone. He's talking about his disciples that they said, I don't pray for these alone, Father, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Guess who, guess who that is? That's us. Because their faithfulness and the faithfulness through generations of people carrying and bringing the word to us and being faithful, that's us. He said, I, I pray for those that, that are, who will be believing me through their word that they all may be one. Say one. As you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. He desires this oneness. He desires to dwell in you, church. Then you go going down to verse 23, and you find out it's not just about You say, it's not about me. He says, I and them and you and me that the, they may be made perfect or mature in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and that I have loved them as you have loved me. In other words, when he loves you and he comes into your life, it's not just for you. It's so that the world can see that we serve a God of love. We serve a God of love. We don't serve a God of hate. We don't serve a, a, a God that puts people. down. We, we serve a God that says, I want my people, I want my children to have joy. I want my, pe- my children to walk in peace. I want my, pe- my children to have the spirit of God within them. I want them to walk in love. That's who Jesus is. And that's who he wants you to be this morning. We truly are the only ones that can sing joy to the world. The Lord has come. Because the world can sing that song, but if he hasn't come to them, that they can't really sing it and know what it means. It's just another song that they go, oh, there's another one of those Christmas songs. Amen. But when we hear it, joy to the world, the Lord has come. And he's coming to my heart. He's coming to my heart. He resides in my heart. When, I, when you and I abide in God's presence, church, we can't help but see and experience the fullness of joy. So how do, we, how do we get into his presence? That's the question, right? How do we get into his presence? Well, Pastor, you've talked about his presence, and that's all good, but how do we get there? Well, there's a, there's a way you get into his presence. It's through the blood. It's through repentance. It's through the cross. No one comes to the Father, Jesus said, except through me. It's through Jesus that we come into his presence. It's through Jesus. So when... When on the day of Pentecost, now this Psalm 16 that I quoted earlier is also quoted by Peter on his first sermon. I mean, he, he broke it out of the gates well, didn't he? His first sermon ever. 3,000 people get saved. So he gets up. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had come. In fullness that day, there was 120 people that had been waiting for 10 days in the upper room. Holy Spirit comes and pours out just fire upon them. And man, they're like, they're speaking in languages. Everybody else is like, I can't, I can't believe that. These Galileans, that they're speaking my language. And, and people were coming, what is this noise? And there was just a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. And, a lot of, and they were like, what's going on? And Peter said, what, 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 what? Stop! I've got a message for you. And he gets up. And there's Jews from all over the world. and there, Many of the Jews there are the ones that actually crucified Jesus. And he gets up and he says, hey, guys, this Jesus that you crucified, he's the Son of God. He's the Messiah. You see, they had the presence of the Lord. You understand that? The Jewish people had the presence of King Jesus. He was in their midst. Go back and read Acts chapter 2. He was in their midst, and they did not recognize him. See, Christ can be in you, and sometimes we just are so busy, we're so caught up in the world, we don't even recognize him. And he wants you to recognize him this morning. And so he gets up and he preaches this message, and he says, hey, guys, there's a great message. I want to tell you something. You killed Jesus. And because Holy Spirit was there to bring revelation to the people, they said, wow, we've been cut to the heart. See, circumcision was a big deal with them, but they weren't, they weren't talking, they said, We've been cut here. There's been surgery done in our hearts. You know, when you came to Jesus, there was some surgery done to your heart. And they said, We're cut to the heart. And then they 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 said this simple phrase to Peter. And I can imagine just it just reverberating throughout the throughout the whole assembly of all the people that were there. What must we do? What must we do? What? What do we? What's required of us, Peter? What must we do? How do we get back? How do we? We're sorry we did what we did, but how do we get back there? How do we get back to Messiah that we murdered, that we put on a cross? How do we get there? And he said, "There's one way." He said, "You've got to repent." You've got to be baptized for the remission of your sins. And he said, then you'll get this incredible gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit. Look at it, verse 38. Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's the present of his presence. That's the present of his presence because a gift is a present. And the Holy Spirit is His presence. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off. Say, I'm afar off. off. Or I used to be afar off. I'm not afar off anymore. You know, if you live in Texas, you think they're talking about a fire down the street. You know, there's a fire down there. <laughs> I live afar off. All who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Listen, if you know Jesus Christ, he gave you the call. He called you. Not maybe on the telephone, but he called you. He drew you. He said, come to me, all you labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. You've been carrying a heavy load, let me carry it. You've been burdened down with religion. That's what he's talking about there. I believe with almost. he's talking about religion. You've been burdened down with religion. These Pharisees have beat you down, requiring this and requiring that. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, I heard that saying you can put a man on the moon, but they can't make Kleenex come out of a box, right? Isn't that true? Isn't that true? All these years, they, they have not perfected Kleenex out of a box. <sighs> Even the little teary thing off, you know, you have to tear the little thing off the top of it. It never comes off in like that nice neat. There's always a part of it that's stuck in the top. Are y'all, are y'all like me in that? Yeah, come on, let's, let's get it right. Why can't they make toilet paper that just comes off and you have know, to like this? I don't know. There's a lot of things I wonder about. I started talked about the joy of wonder last week, or the wonder of joy, yeah. How come when you put sugar in tea and you stir it up, there's always some, some still left at the bottom? Why don't they all dissolve? Why did just some of them decide to dissolve? I don't know. Okay. I took all that time so I could... Take care of my notes. Okay. <laughs> so once you give your life to Jesus Christ and you repent and you're baptized and you get the present of the pre- presence and the gift of his Holy Spirit, Christ dwells in you. A lot of people, you know, we say it, and it's okay to say it this way because the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. But it's okay to say, I have Jesus in my heart, but truly you have the Holy Spirit within you. When you said, when you're saved, the Holy Spirit came and made a deposit in you he says that deposit is there forever. It's not, he says, I will never leave you or forsake you. So people that think he leaves you or forsakes you actually are saying, God, your words are not true. But I believe it's true. When he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Never means never, right? So Jesus, you know, right before he was crucified, he, he, taught, he gathered his disciples. If you read John, you'll, you'll, see, you'll read the last days of his life. And... They were concerned about the fact that he was actually going to leave them. They were saying, Jesus, where are you going? We really need you. We like your presence. We want to be with you wherever you go. And he said, guys, listen, if I don't leave, I, I can't send the Holy Spirit. He said, it's to your advantage that I go. He said, he, see, he was there with them, but he wanted to be in them through the Holy Spirit. So in John 14, 16, he says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you. How long? Forever, the spirit of truth, that's the Holy Spirit. Whom the world can't receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he he dwells with you and will be in you. And you think, well, he's saying this prophetically. He said, now he dwells in you, but he's going to be in you. He came into them in John 20 when he says, receive the Holy Spirit. He he breathed on him and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And they, they received the Holy Spirit that day. That was the indwelling spirit of God that came into them, never to leave them. See, the Holy Spirit opens the door of God's presence into your lives. The Holy Spirit opens the door for God to come in to your life. Romans 15, 13 says, now, say now. May the God of hope fill you with all joy. Say all joy. joy. And peace in believing that you may abound in hope by what? By the power of the Holy Spirit. So we want this. They're all connected, church. They're all connected. The the joy of the Lord is our strength. The power of the the Holy Spirit is our strength. The power of the Holy Spirit is our joy. The joy of the Lord is is more than just our strength. It's our peace. It's our love. It's our hope. All of these things. God is just, he's incredibly creative. Amen? Amen. We like to put him in a little box and, and say, this is what God can do. And this is what he can't do is over here. But God can do anything when he wants to. Whatever he wants to, when he wants to do it, he's not—he's not, he's not even—he's not relegated to what you want to think about him or what you believe about him. He's going to be who he is. Thank God. And when he enters in church, he never leaves. You see, there's not a lot of constants in our lives anymore, is there? Think about it. Anybody have a cell phone? Y'all remember when these were not around? And then they came out with those big tank things. You had to carry this. Hey, look at my new phone! Yeah, it's awesome. You know, you. Then they came out with those that you could barely see, and then the flip phone. Now the flip phone's making a return. You know, and yet you think I remember Pam thinking they can't think of anything else. This has got to be it. And then they. All of a sudden, I could call my, my, my daughter and talk to her and look at her at the same time and flip the, flip the picture around and show her stuff. and like, well, they can't get anything better than this. And technology keeps changing and changing. There's, there's no constants when it comes to technology. There just aren't. There's, there's, no, there's no constants, really, when it comes to your growth. You, you don't stay the same. I know some of you stay the same for a little while. But then you change. I'm a testimony to that. Okay. My wife, the other day, she looked at me and said, Honey, your beard is really gray. I said, Thanks for noticing. <laughs> you know? said, well, maybe it's just the way the light was. So I asked her this morning, I said, Is it really gray? She said, Well, it's not as gray as I thought it was. <laughs> must have been the way the light was hitting you. But you see, we don't stay the same. None of us stay the same. We're always, we're always growing. We're always evolving in the sense that we're getting older. And I know some of you don't like to hear that, but we do get older. Some of you do. I know some of you don't, man. You just stay the same. You go to the high school reunion, man, you hadn't changed a bit. Liar! <laughs> well, there's a lot of lying goes on at, at, at high school reunions, right? Especially after you go to your 50th. Well, Mary Lou, you haven't changed one bit, so I. No, she has not. <laughs> right? But we change. There's there's not a lot of constants in our life. Our kids grow up. We we think, oh, I've got my kids and I love my children. And I just can't wait for them to talk. And they learn to talk. I can't wait for them to be quiet. (laughs) Do you want to teach them to walk? Oh, look, look, they're taking a step. Stop running. Right? There's no constants in our life. But God says, I am the constant in your life. He says, I am the Lord thy God. I do not change. I am the same yesterday, today. forever. We need these constants in our life. We need to know that the Holy Spirit resides in us and he doesn't leave, church. I love what what King David said in Psalm 139, 7. He says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? I just can't get away from you, God. You know, people that have wandered from God, you got some prodigals. Anybody got any prodigals in here? You've heard that prayer, pray the hounds of heaven. Listen, if they ever gave their life to Christ, you don't even have to pray that because God is knocking on the door of their heart all the time. He is. He's after them because he loves them so much he doesn't want to let them go. He he, he wants them to experience joy, not drug abuse. He didn't want them to experience uh, 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 the horrible things that happen in this culture or this life. He wants them to experience the fullness of joy. And he knows they can if they're apart from him, if they've pushed him to the side, if they've not gotten to his presence in a while. Corporately, we enter into his presence through worship. Right? Some of you? Did you know we're standing up here when the lights are bright, we can kind of see who's entering in? Visibly. I know that's not 100% accurate. But usually you can kind of tell who's checked out. The person clipping their fingernails. Huh? What What song? Offering? Offering? i can get that one nail. Whew. I'm ready to sing now. I raise my hands because my nails look good. Oh, you're done singing? Oh, shoot. Notes. I wonder what the preacher's preaching. Oh, I forgot to get little Jimmy that toy. Huh, better, let me see if I can Google that right. Pastor's not. He's okay. (laughs) Toys are us. Oh, it's closed. Oh, I'm entering into worship. Right? How many of you have ever entered into church, in the church service, but you didn't enter into worship? I think if everybody raised their hands, we'd be okay with that because that's probably happened to everybody. You ever got through singing a song and you're like, wonder what we just sang? I know it was important, but I forgot what we were just singing because you weren't worshiping. He says this in, in Psalm 95. He says, oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is the great God and the great King above all God. Wow, he wants He wants us to come in here. See, when you come in here, you think you're going to worship the Lord. You're here to minister to Him, you're here to bless Him, because when you bless Him, it blesses you. It's just retroactive. It's just cyclical that way. You bless God, He blesses you. You give, He gives back. You just you 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 sow and you you reap. It's it's just, it's the principles of knowing God. It's just the way He works. You forgive, you're forgiven. You love, and you're loved. You worship and you, you enter into this worship and the blessings flow because you're in His presence. And joy starts filling you Where you may have walked in here this morning with sadness or a heavy heart. We start singing these songs. Some of these songs start out with a heavy heart. The, the, they, the, the writers of these songs know that they haven't always been in His presence. But when you get to His presence, breakthrough happens. Breakthrough happens. There's fullness of joy. You know, some people don't believe in the tangible presence of God. Y'all know that? You just—it's all ritual. It's uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, liturgy? It's you come, you read a word, you chant or you uh, something, and you you hear something. You sit, you stand, you sit, you stand. I'm not saying sitting and standing is wrong because we do that here. But there's no passion. There's no entering in. That's, what we, that's why we want you to enter in. That's why the altar open. That's why we say, come on, come and worship the Lord. That's why we say offering. When we give our tithes and offering, it's worship. When we, do, when we have communion, it's not a ritual. It's not a habit. It's something we do because we want to come into the presence of God. It's about his presence, his tangible presence. How many of you have ever been in the presence of God and you couldn't stand? How many of you have ever been in the presence of God? Uh, you, you couldn't stop shaking. How many of you have ever been in the presence of God? You couldn't stop crying. I had so many people come to me. First time I visited your church, I didn't know what all those Kleenex boxes were for. Were for, fur. <laughs> I'm a far off on that one. Uh, And then after the service, go. I know why you have all those Kleenex boxes. Because I cried. It's not enough. The whole service. I was just. See, that's the joy of the Lord. It didn't always come out yippee ki yay and happy. Sometimes it's just weeping before the Lord, being in His presence. So thick. So thick. I want to share some things about what happens when you get into His presence. Freedom comes. Healing comes. So many incredible things happen when you truly say, I am not concerned about anything. I've left it all at the door. I'm coming into His presence. You can do that in your home, too. You can do that in your car, too. You don't have to wait till you come to a church service to get into His presence. But so many things happen when we come to His presence. So how do you get into His presence? How do you come to His presence? You come humbly. Sometimes you come boldly. Hmm, yeah. Sometimes you come by faith. Sometimes you come in desperation. Like the wise men, you may be needing to search him out. God says, seek me and find you. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. He says, seek me out. Like the shepherd, you may have to make haste to find him. Like the woman with the issue of blood, you may have to get on your face to get in his presence. Like the blind man, you might have to cry out once in a while. You ever cried out to God? You know, usually we cry out, why me? You come to his presence by being still and knowing that he is God. Don't rush him. Don't rush God. Don't rush yourself through the process. How do you come to him? You come to him through forgiveness. It's hard to come into God and begin to share your heart with him. And the first thing he's going to say, well, you know that, you know, that so-and-so, you need to forgive them. You want the joy of my presence, you need to forgive them because you're not going to have joy if you're carrying bitterness in your heart, even if you come before me. That's why he says over and over and over in Scripture, confess your sins one to the other so you may be made whole. That's why he said if you have a gift to bring God, but there you know that your brother has something odd against you, you go to your brother and make it right. He's, he wants you to walk in the joy of the Lord. You can't get there, guys, if you're not holding on to stuff. How do you encounter, how do you encounter God? How do you get into His presence? Some of us will get into His presence through nature. How many of you get into His presence through nature? Just a few of you? How many of you don't, you don't recognize God in the sunset? You don't recognize God when you're sitting in the backyard and you got this little bird that's about this long and his wing go... It's amazing! You see that little hummingbird and you say, God, you did that detail? <laughs> He's gone. That's God. Stand at the ocean and watch the waves come in. That's God. We can worship and we get into his presence. If you're acknowledging that that's God who made the ocean waves, that that's God who made the hummingbird, you can, you can get into his presence when you say, God, you painted a new sunset for us today, and it's beautiful. Or you step out in the rain like I did yesterday. I didn't want to be out there, but I had to be out there. And that rain comes down, and you're like, well, man, I'm getting all wet. But thank you, God, we need rain. He shows up in so many ways, guys. Don't think you can't get into his presence. It's not just about being in a church service and worshiping him. He wants you to acknowledge that he is here always, just like we were talking this morning on that video. He's always here. I don't know how atheists do it. (laughs) Do you? Anybody here used to be an atheist? Pretty much all of us before Christ in a way, you know. You ever been at the birth of a child? How can you not see God there? Or st- standing around a saint that's passing you on to, to glory. How-, how can you not believe the cut's there? You can worship him. Man. You can enter into his presence at any moment because he's here. So I'm going to tell you this morning, whatever it takes for you to get in his presence, do it. Whatever it takes. Whatever you need to repent of to get in his presence, repent. Because that's where you're going to find love, joy, and peace. That's where you're going to find compassion. That's where you're going to find redemption. That's where you're going to find grace is when you get into his presence. I love the story of the Gadarene demoniac. Now, isn't that a great story? This is how much Jesus wants to get into your presence this morning. He tells his disciples, I've got to get in a boat. I'm going to go across the sea. And they're like, okay. He gets in the boat, goes across the sea. A lot of other things happen. But the point of the story is he gets to the other side. And there's this guy that lives out in the cemetery. He lives in the cemetery. Think about that. You know, we think about tent city. That's not a good place to live. And we've had people go out there and minister yesterday. And we have people that are homeless. But he lived in the cemetery. The only place anybody let him get, live, I suppose. Because he, they tried to chain him up. But he, he had superhuman strength, demonic strength. And he could break the chains. And he, he probably was half naked. He was, I'm sure he looked horrible. And he would cut himself all the time. He was a cutter. And Jesus says, I've got to get in the boat. I've got an appointment. I want to go get in the presence of one man. And he gets in the boat, goes to the other side. And when he gets out of the boat, here comes that demoniac, the man filled with demons. There's enough presence in him of humanity, the human side of him that the demons hadn't gotten yet. That he he ran to Jesus and he fell down and worshipped him. The demons did not fall down and worship him. I believe the man fell down and worshipped him. I believe he came with everything he had. I believe the demons were like, don't you go there, don't you go there. He said, I've got to get to Jesus. And he fell down and he worshipped him. And Jesus cast the demons out of him, cast them into the pigs. And the next scene, he's like, got him a new set of clothes on. They've been ran out. He's like, Peter, get down to Walmart, get him some clothes. <laughs> got him some clothes, got him fed. Probably did, gave him a bath, cut his hair. Lucy probably cut his hair, you know. He's all looking all sharp and sitting there in his right mind. You know why? Because he been in the presence. He was delivered because he was in the presence of the king. They wanted him to have joy. And he wanted to stay there. Can you blame him? Can you blame him? So when he got into the boat, Jesus got in the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. Now he said, compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis and all that Jesus had done for him, and all marveled. He got into the presence of Jesus. Listen, what I want, The reason I tell the story is because once you get into the presence of Jesus, you cannot help but be changed. When you truly get at the feet of Jesus and you surrender, you cannot help but be changed. And Jesus knew. Hey, Jesus knows everything, right? You'll be okay. You'll be okay. Go tell your family. Honey, I'm home. Woo! Can you imagine that, Dana? Dana? Well, I don't know if he had a wife and kids, but let's just pretend he did. Son goes see see who's at the door. I don't know, Mom. He looks kind of familiar, but I don't know who this is. Well, tell him to go away. No, no. Well, you tell him, Mom. So she goes to the door, and she sees this man standing there, clothed in his right mind. Is that you are you my husband see what he can do if we just let him let Jesus come to us and we go to him and we meet him in the restoration that takes place Psalm 16 says you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy physically Jesus is not here today sorry to tell you that He's not here, He's not a baby in the manger either, but He's here Amen. because He's everywhere, He's omnipresent. And He created us for Him, for us to know Him, to love Him, to honor Him, and yes, even to fear Him, He made us for Him. But the bottom line is is that He wants us. You know, the, the problem with us is we don't think He wants us sometimes. And if he only knew what well, he does know. <laughs> yeah, but if, if he only really knew my, he really does know. Yeah, but if he thought, if he knew the thought, he knows your thoughts. If he knows where I was, he knows where you were last night. But if he only knew what I've been looking at, he knows what you've been looking at. He's there. Start believing and acknowledging he's there. And he loves you. So this morning, don't allow unforgiveness or pride or sin to keep you from knowing the fullness of his joy. Don't allow the enemy's condemnation to keep you from getting into the presence and experiencing the presence of Jesus Christ. He wants to abide in us. How do we get there? Through prayer, through the word, through meditation, through worship, through waiting, through serving, through fellowship with other believers. Listen, this goes on and on and on. We get into his presence. Listen, when we come together in a Bible study, we're in his presence. You know why? Because he's the word. There's just so many ways. that We can't escape him. And yet we still try. I can do this without you, Jesus. He said, well, you can try. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone, say anyone. Anyone. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Why would he say that if he didn't mean it? The king of glory, the creator of the world, says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Right here. If you hear my voice, yeah, I hear you, Lord. Then just open up and let me come in. I want to dine with you. I want an eternal course meal. (laughs) Just keep it coming. That's what. That's who He is. We've portrayed Him to be everything but that. Sometimes, but that's who He is. Would you stand this morning?